Our world is always so rush-rush. We can never get any personal time to ourselves, let alone those that we love. Welcome to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray. Our mission, to reintroduce kindness and compassion to our busy lives. Remember when life was so much simpler? Gabriella and her guests today will pick up the ball of human kindness and by doing so, empower you to make changes in your own life. And now, here is Gabriella Von Ray. Good morning, everyone, and thanks for listening in to the Mind Radio Show. Today's topic is as important as last week's. Today's topic is about racism. Lose racial fears, embrace all colors, because diversity is really here to stay. We can't ignore any of these social problems anymore. Let's start by examining the most basic definition of racism. Um, I'm going to read you a little piece of the American Heritage College Dictionary, what they say about it. Racism has two meanings. Firstly, racism, the belief that race accounts for differences in human character or ability and that a particular race is superior to others. And secondly, racism is discrimination or prejudice based on race. Now, We all know these definitions, and we use them a little bit differently, each and every one of us, depending on where we stand. But for me, truly, it it is just sad that we have situations where we look a certain way or we have a certain ethnicity and that we would be boxed into an area that we don't want to be in. I mean, whether we are blacks, Hispanics, Middle Eastern, any culture, really. There's so many cultures around. Um, through Internet, through all the technology, we get to know each other better and better. And again, for me, racism has only to do with fear. And I want to read a little passage in my book, With All My Might, where I speak of an experience that actually really happened to me at the airport. Okay, I'll read it to you. The second shocking experience with racism that I had in my life was when I was flying back from Tokyo to Brussels. As you know, Mark, I have a Dutch passport. Any European airport has two lines of arrival, one for all EU passport holders and the second for foreigners. It was extremely busy at the Belgium airport in Brussels called Zaventem that day, and several large international flights from all over the world had arrived at the same time. Security personnel were helping out, guiding the passengers to the right lineups. One of them came up to me and, without asking to see my passport, told me I was in the wrong line. I politely told him I had an EU passport. He told me it did not matter and I should go to the other line. This repeated several times, so you can imagine that I went back and forth between the foreign lineup and then I was sent straight back to the EU lineup. Finally, after going back and forth for 30 minutes, I saw a tall, foreign-looking man in the EU line. I positioned myself so close to him that he looked down, because I'm very short, and asked if it was okay, if I was okay. I told him in French that I was curious if he could pass that lineup, as I was having such trouble, and I told him kindly that his color was many shades darker. He burst into laughter and told me to stick with him. I thanked him and told him he would not pass anyhow, but that it would be fun seeing it all unfold. He said with a lot of determination in his voice, we'll see about that, won't we? I saw his face as one big question mark. He was a handsome, well-dressed black man, obviously a businessman. Finally, our turn came, and the man showed his papers, but I could not see very well as the counter was too high for me. Exactly as I had predicted, They looked at him with disdain and told him to go to the line of foreigners. In a very dry tone, he pointed out that his passport was French and that he was a French citizen and a member of the EU. The man behind the counter could not care less and continued to speak to the man in a denigrating way. The man stayed polite, which I admired. I could have learned a thing or two here. He asked to speak to the supervisor and did not budge. The supervisor arrived, looking disheveled and rubbing his large stomach, very rude behavior, and asked what the trouble was. The man, my ally by this time, answered in a dignified manner 
that he was a colonel of the French army and showed his army credentials. Oh la la, what immense fun for me. I jumped up and down of such joy, such relief that this dignified man stood his ground. He turned towards me and said, this young lady is traveling with me and she and glanced at my passport and said, she is a Dutch national. You better not give her any trouble either. It goes without saying that I passed in seconds. I profusely thanked the man who asked if this happened a lot to me. And I told him I was used to it, especially at airports. He said he was ashamed that people would treat others like that and told me to stand up for who I was. I agreed and I always did afterwards. So for you listeners out there, this is just a little story about how life goes for a lot of people. And I don't want to really get into the history of your own culture because you know it better than I do, I'm sure. But one of the things that I find quite mind-boggling is that we go through decades thinking that one race is not good enough. And then we go to the next and the next and the next. What I tried to say by that is in the 60s, obviously, we were talking about the black Americans and segregation. And then I think slowly but surely the Hispanics became not good people for some reason or another that I cannot phantom. And since 9-11, and I really want to touch on that because it touches my own experiences, of course, and it's always easier to talk about what you've experienced yourself, is the mere fact that after 9-11, we have the big problem that now it's the Middle Eastern people. And it affects me greatly because I'm Pakistani-looking, Indian-looking, but apparently for a lot of people I could apparently easily pass for a Middle Eastern. And the thing that is always astounding to me is that we defend ourselves. There is no reason to defend yourself. I notice that I do it at airports. I always say very defensively, but I have a Dutch passport. And the moment I do it, I would like to really hit myself on the side of the head because I have nothing to defend. This is what is so sad about race. You should be proud of your race. And the reason that this subject is even more near and dear to my heart is, look around us. We live in a multicultural environment. What does that really mean? It means that we are creating a younger generation. There is a huge group of ethnicity out there that is somewhere between the age of 5 and 25. And they're all from mixed parents. So these children, they're either from mixed parents or they're adopted by Western cultures, and they will have to live with a kind of identity struggle. Which of the two parents, ethnicity and culture, is the one that they take on? Now, often it's the one that they live in that they take on. But again, this is very sad the way this often happens because they will pick the nationality or the culture or the race, ethnicity. The child will pick it, what they think is superior. And I, again, I'm speaking of my own experience because I have a daughter who's white with blue eyes and who adamantly will say that she is Belgium or in any case European because it's easier to say that than to say you're half this and half that and quarter God knows what. And my question again is, why do, um, why are we boxed in, first of all? And secondly, why can't we just accept that all cultures are equal? Why does one culture have to be superior to another? Don't forget, uh, listeners, you can call in and give me your insight into this important topic at 1-888-346-9141. We're going to take a break for a second, and we'll be right back. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between, discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life. We work hard to achieve these things, but at what avail? The key is authentic living with Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of the great spiritual experts of today and will provide wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your own I am. Your authenticity can give you miraculous gifts, but you have to know how to get there. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A. V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. We are talking about the topic racism, in case you are just joining us. One of the things that uh, I, I did a little bit of research on this, and you probably have all seen it on YouTube or on Facebook, but there was a study in 2007, uh, 2005 pardon me, um, on um, whether children preferred white dolls or dark dolls, black dolls or brown dolls. And 64% of the children all chose the white dolls. And I found the video very disturbing, but very true in a way too, because we attribute that these uh, children chose the... Um, white girls because they like the hair more and because apparently uh, Caucasians are more desirable. And again, that really shows in the way that we have magazines. If you really open a Caucasian magazine, it's blonde hair, blue eyes, and we have decided what is beautiful out there. And so often we feel kind of left out and we don't understand why we're not included in it. And this comes to Something really interesting that I read and that I actually totally agree on. If I am originally from Pakistan and I got adopted by a predominantly Western culture in Holland, of course, everything that I learned throughout the school years was typically what we call monoculture. It is a one way of looking at history. And I looked up if there was anything out there about how educators actually teach not to have racism for children and to see the world actually with a brighter and broader scope. And the interesting part is we do not add all the different cultural groups within the learning of the education in the Western world. Every single book puts um, African-Americans, Hispanics, Indians, Middle Easterns, a little bit different. We are not seen in as the same positive light as uh, Caucasian history. And it would be actually really interesting to see those materials change in the school. Because if we could see this change, then we would might feel more confident about who we are. I think this is going to take a little while before we get educators to rewrite all the books. But it would be interesting to start there. Um, I'm located in Las Vegas at the moment, and I did a study about um, three, four weeks ago 
on the school systems, and it is predominantly Hispanics, um, then blacks, and then last but not least, a whole group of Asians. And so the Caucasians are actually in a minority now. So I find it quite important that educators learn to adapt not only the material, but adapt to the different cultures, because every child learns something differently at home and might react within the school system quite differently. So if racism is still there, what is the reason we still have racism out there? My answer is really simple. Fear. We are so scared of the other person, and our governments don't help us in being less scared of each other. It's very interesting. If you look at food, we try every single food. Go to any restaurant in New York, you will find every single culture aligned. Vancouver, same. When we eat the different foods, we have no problem trying it out. So why do we have so much trouble really getting to know another culture? Again, when I had my team of um, close to eight people in Vancouver, I think we had six to seven different nationalities. None of these people would have met each other if it hadn't been for me, if it hadn't been for the group that I had created. And that is really strange to me. It is really strange that Asians won't um, make friendships with Hispanics. So we have something to learn out of this lesson, too. We have to learn to go out of our way to get to know each other, not stay within our confinement and within a group, whether it's all the Italians sticking together or whether it's all the Asians sticking together. I think if we were a little bit more open and curious about each other, the funny part is when I meet people, they're all curious. Human beings are curious. And I want to go straight into an example that I think all of you are going to love, and it's an example of the president of America, Obama. He is the first black American president, and because it's election time and both candidates are nonstop in the news, was America actually really ready to be and to have a black president? I'm going to read a little excerpt here out of the newser. Uh, about a story on Obama. The Trevon Martin shooting at first brought much Americans together, America together in transpartition reaction with many Republicans and conservatives sympathizing with the unnamed teenage boy who was killed. But when America's first ever black president commented on the tragedy with a mild expression of sympathy and a universal message for every parent in America, it quickly descended into racialized political father. Why the change? Because the precedence in indelible blackness irradiates everything he touches. This is very strange to me. Obama came to power seeming to promise post-racial America, but to do so, he had to be twice as good and half as black. And as soon as Obama seemed to be black, Wielding the power of government, the racist backlash kicked in. Again, I'm not going to read to you the entire article. I just want to say that this is strange. You can never do good. No matter what Obama will do, it will always be either bad or seen as really good. But it is amazing that a country like America finally today has a black president. In Europe, we've had women in power. We've had people of color in power, there's absolutely no problem with that. So, again, racism has to go out of the door, and diversity is here to stay. We have to accept one another. We have to become a true melting pot. We can't just live next to each other and not touch each other's lives. One more example, just before the break, and this is about a black couple who went to a white church and was refused to marry them. I don't understand this. I don't even understand that this is possible. It is so crazy to be able to go to a church and to be feeling really comfortable, and then the moment that you want to get married, you are refused because other people that go to this Baptist church were uncomfortable. Uncomfortable with what? They seem to be comfortable enough to accept the couple within their congregation, so why wouldn't they accept the couple 
on a normal basis to get married, to show their love and appreciation and to get married in front of a church. Seems totally crazy. For callers, please call in at 1-888-346-9141. We'll be back right after the break. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things. And together, you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite twice every week, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Listen for Trust Across America every week on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in as host Jordan Kimmel is joined by national experts in the fields of accounting, finance, organizational behavior, and sustainability, as well as companies that are applying strategies that are enabling them to be recognized as doing the right thing by the American Trust Awards. Your host Jordan Kimmel is himself a trusted professional with years of experience in applying strategies and consulting with today's leading firms. Trust Across America is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Are you a business innovator, or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. tuned in to might radio do you have a question or comment for our show perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness please send an email to gabriella von ray at gmail.com that's g-a-b-r-i-e-l-l-a-v-a-n-r-i-j at gmail.com now back to might radio with gabriella von ray Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening in. And we're talking about the important subject of racism. Um, my main base is in Vancouver, British Columbia. And uh, one of the things that I did there one day is I stood outside with a film crew and everyone that passed, because you can imagine Vancouver, Canada is a very diverse place. Um, I just basically dared to put the mic in front of anyone who wanted to talk about if they felt accepted in their new country, which is Canada, because most of the foreigners have Canadian citizenship, and I wanted to see how they felt and if they felt accepted. And one of the amazing and astounding things that I heard is that they felt that with Middle Eastern names or Asian names, they could not get the job, and that when changing their name into a Caucasian-sounding name, they got the job immediately. They got, first of all, a callback to come in for an interview. And that, they thought, was really important for me to know. So I give you the example. Um, a very Middle Eastern name is Iman, and they changed Iman into Ian. And then he got the job, and he told his uh, boss that he had changed his name from Iman to Ian. And the boss in question had actually said, I think that is a really good idea. And so, again, what are we teaching people? What is wrong with the, main, the name Iman? I can understand when a name is really complicated. I have it sometimes that I can't really pronounce it either. And I have friends that I have that can't pronounce Gabriella. But in that case, I make the name easier. And I say, please feel free to call me Gabby. Or, but I wouldn't change my name. And I feel that it's really sad that you would have to change your name into a Caucasian-sounding name to get the job. 
Now, of course, I cannot speak by experience because I have a very Dutch-sounding name. So whenever I've sent out my curriculum vitae for a job, uh, I have not had to deal with that problem. I have the opposite is where once I get called in and then they see me and they see that I have an Indian-looking exterior, then I've had the opposite reaction like, uh, who are you, where did you come from, why are you Dutch? But I haven't had the problem not being able to find a job because of my um, cultural background in names. Now, one of the things that I've noticed here in Vegas, like I said, there are an enormous amount of Hispanic people. And um, the other day I met two children because of my dog, and they were incredibly nice and polite. And the mother came and excused herself immediately and actually apologized. I felt she apologized for being Mexican. And this is the whole point. If we don't get confident, we will always feel like we are a minority, like we are not good enough. It's the same for bullying. It's the same for all these social subjects, for harassment. All these issues that we have all stem back because we're fearful how can we teach confidence? How can we build confidence into these young generations, into a young Japanese boy that is half Japanese, half American? How can we teach him confidence when all he hears is that his looks are not good enough, that his looks are strange, or that his Asian eyes are called with racial slurs? How can we stop this epidemic that always happens how can we accept each other how can race and discrimination actually go away and i would say it's by talking about it it's by sharing your experiences that we will slowly but surely expand and that people won't be scared of us one of the other things that i have encountered like i said i have a 24-year-old daughter who is white, Caucasian-looking with blue eyes, who comes from a Caucasian-Belgian father and a Pakistani mother. And when she was born, the grandparents on the father's side, with other words, his parents, did not want to see the child because they thought the child would be automatically colored. And when they found out that the child was actually white and Caucasian-looking, they decided to accept her into the family fold. Now, when I say this story, I say it obviously with a lot of emotion because it concerns my child and it concerns her livelihood to fit into a family. And one of the things that I find really sad is that the acceptance only came after knowing that her color was Caucasian. That seems really, really odd to me. And how does a child deal with that? How do you have to live with knowing that if you had the other side of the coin, you would have never known these grandparents, you would have never received the same love? This is, uh, again, it is something that I really want you to think about, that if you are from another color or another race, you might just not be accepted. Wow, this seems unbelievable to me. Let's talk a little bit about discrimination, because it's not all about ethnicity and color. It is about fitting in. I know many gay friends in Europe that have not always fitted in. I hear about stories that you're bullied into the workplace and that discrimination happens. We call it bullying, but it's also discrimination, right? It's discrimination if you work somewhere and that you are a homosexual and then you're not accepted just because you're gay. I find discrimination and racism to me are almost identical in the way we go about excluding people from certain groups. And I will always come back to the same thing. It is absolutely okay not to belong. It is okay to be you. It is okay to stand out. And we need to let um, people be them. I see that we have a caller. Uh, hello? Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. My name is Chloe. I'm calling from Europe. Um, 
what you say about racism is quite quite uh, interesting and 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 uh, important. But here in Europe, we are confronted with a different version of racism. Okay, you tell know me. that a, a part of the population in our big cities like Paris is in some neighborhoods. This is more than half of the population uh, which is black or which is Muslim or both. And um, we are confronted with the kind of racism where uh, it is said that uh, this is against the white people. And this is a big preoccupation because when we go in Paris, for instance, when we wander in Paris, seeing uh, people in those areas, uh, some not not attack, but some uh, criticism or some insult, saying that we uh, white people we have nothing to do there. And, uh-huh. in, uh, you mean it's Shep- the opposite, actually? What you're ty- yeah? trying to tell you're trying to tell us that it's the opposite. That if you go into a neighborhood that's predominantly Muslim or Middle Eastern, that the whites aren't welcome. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely, yes. Wow. And but, this is quite dangerous. I, 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 um, but I think it's also because they have lived with such years and years of contempt from the other side that it's exactly. kind of, it, it's a bad payback method. Would you, mm. would you agree? Yeah, uh, but I would say that this is a problem because kids are quite offended by this uh, situation. Uh, I would say that uh, in some areas, some neighborhoods, white kids are not uh, welcome, uh, not only in the street, but also in schools. Uh, So we feel that this is is a big problem. And I I would say that racism is uh, uh, fought in France very violently by the state, by the government. Whoever says something which is uh, uh, pro-racism can be can be uh, perse- per- prosecuted and could be penalized. I know that uh, in your country, in America, you have the right to say whatever you want. In France, freedom of speech. To say that. In France, we, we, uh, there is no freedom of speech when it comes down to racism. Is that what you're saying? When it comes to racism, there is no freedom of speech. Okay. Absolutely. The, but wouldn't you say that one of the problems in Europe? Sorry. Okay, I, I'm I, I'm just going to ask you a question. Wouldn't you say that the problem predominantly in Europe is also because the economy is really bad and there's a lot of unemployment, and so it's also a well, question that the unemployment is is certainly uh, considerable, but not that much in France. This is about nine percent. And I think that in the state you should turn around seven, eight person. Mm-hmm. So the difference uh, has no meaning. And I would say that this is a question of culture. This is a question of um, different um, different clans uh, of people fighting against, against each other. And I would say the white people have not the possibility to do whatever they want. Maybe this is the opposite in the state, but here, no. So we have to uh, accept that other people don't like us. Yes, I know that. And and also that that it's growing. There are more foreigners in Europe growing numbers than the yeah. Caucasians. Would you agree? Absolutely. But one of the things that, that I read the other day is about Greece, about there's this political party that wants all immigrants out, just like we had in Holland. Yeah, this is due to the economic the, climate, though. It, the economic, economical climate in, the, in Greece is such that there is a new uh, progression of the uh, right-wing parties and the, the new Nazis are showing up. Yeah. This is not racism, this is something a bit different. But I would say in France we are confronted with this racism against the white. Because have- the population... Have you noticed people. it for yourself? Have you experienced it? Yeah, uh, not not personally because uh, I was uh, I'm not living in this area. 
But okay. I know my, one of my friends is living in this area, and this is something she experiences every day. And she's working in uh, educational sur- surroundings. She's principal in the college, and she's confronted with that every day. And may I ask you what the ratio is in her in her college where she's the principal? I mean, are are what is the percentage of whites black, in the school? Ninety percent of black people. Yeah. Uh, associated with Muslims, uh, Arabic. Okay. So ninety percent grand total. Okay, so ninety percent foreigners. Asians and white and Caucasian. Sorry. Would would you say in total ninety percent foreigners, basically? Yeah, absolutely. Well, they are not Turkish. They are French people. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. You you're right. Yeah. Yeah. They're French, French immigrants. No, they are immigrants, but sometimes for a long time, and they are immigrants, but they are French and they have a different culture. Okay. And obviously yeah. a different religion. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. I I think it's really difficult, but I also. And, and I don't mean anything mean by that, but me personally, like I've that? never done it. But America? With, no, but I mean, me when I travel around, right, and I, I receive <laughs> discrimination or racism, I always try to, to be kind and to show them that there's nothing to be fearful of. And when I hear what you're just saying to me, I, at the one hand, I think it's really sad. And the one other hand, I think for them, they have been persecuted for so long. They feel they feel it's right to do it back, and that's the part that's sad. But this it's, is it's a, just this is it's like bullying. Has, it's just bullying back. Duration in the equation, the fact that it exists also this kind of racism, we I cannot we know that anymore. But thank you, Gabriella, for your show. I'm very interested and very passionate. Uh, I will uh, follow you as much as I can from Europe. Thank you so much for giving your insights and for calling in. We really appreciate it, and we will go to a commercial break. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. All around the outermost rim of the shield, he set the mighty stream of the river Oceanus. Creating Achilles' shield in Homer's The Iliad, Book 18. Rachel Carson in The Sea Around Us said, All at last return to the sea, to Oceanus, the ocean river, like the ever-flowing stream of time, the beginning and the end. Moyer's Environmental Dialogues with Dr. Rob Moyer offers lively dialogue and revealing narrative inquiry into how individuals are overcoming obstacles and creating a greener and blue planet Earth. Tune in Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Green Living Channel. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. 
please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A-V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. And if you just tuned in right now, the topic is racism. Lose racial fears and praise all colors because diversity is really here to stay. We will not get rid of them. It will be a diverse world whether we want to or not. We have to create a melting pot now. Thank you for the caller from Europe. We really appreciate your insight, especially because it's so different from the experiences that I get here. So it is interesting and sad to hear the story that Caucasians within uh, areas of Paris are not welcome to walk around freely because it's a neighborhood that is predominantly black or predominantly Middle Eastern or another culture for that matter. Um, I think um, we live in a very um, unsettling world at the moment where Like you just said, there was no freedom of speech in Europe in the sense that government officials, if they say something, will be prosecuted if they have racial slurs or bigotry slurs. In America, as you well know, it is freedom of speech. Everyone can say everything they want. But uh, it's not always good either. I think uh, I'm for freedom of speech because I think everyone has a right to use their voice and to have an opinion. And I think that if we take that away, we take away a lot of freedom. But it is not good that we have such reasons to come out. And I talked about it on the show last week. Uh, if you live in Vancouver, and I just give you an example, and you're stuck in traffic, and you're really upset, you've had a difficult day, and someone just cut you off, and you come home, and You throw your stuff in the corner and you say, oh, the, this Chinese person just cut me off. And you will say it in front of your children. You will say it in front of anyone who wants to listen because you're in a bad mood and you had a heavy day. But again, if we use these words on a regular basis, all we do is spread it around because the people that we talk to will take these words and use it too. So for me, racial slurs and all these kind of words need to get out of our vocabulary. We can just say that we were cut off and traffic was terrible. We don't need to use the race, the gender, any of the things that we use on a regular basis. I was sitting down uh, on the strip the other day with a meeting with two very nice gentlemen um, who were black Americans who said racism, racism was still very predominant in North America and that they felt... Um, Although their lives are happy and, and harmonized and content, they really feel that it's an issue that hasn't gone away and will not go away. And I'm saying that on a certain level, I agree that it won't go away. But at another level, I think we can at least make little baby steps in acceptance. And what do I mean by that? We have great guys that have come in history before us, like Martin Luther King and others. And they have created what I call tolerance. They have finally created that we at least talk to each other, that we tolerate that we have neighbors of other ethnicities living right next to us. But I would like to take it one step further. I would like to take it into acceptance of each other, acceptance that a grandparent accepts a child that is black, even though they're Caucasian, because their son or daughter loved someone enough to make a child with that person. And it doesn't matter uh, how this child comes out, dark, light, any skin color is more than welcome as long as the child is healthy. That, to me, is total acceptance. And everyone out there, no matter if you live in a rigid world or not, we have to We have to absolutely move forward into acceptance because we have to teach these young children that if we don't accept each other as adults, they won't learn it from us. 
and we need to teach them because I would like to see the bullying part in schools that is on pure ethnicity bullying, I would like to see that go away. Because I don't use the word racism, of course, when I talk to the young children. I unfortunately tell some of the children that the people that tease them on the ethnicity differences, on Asian eyes or on other physical traits that they have that comes only from their culture, that they don't know any better and that they need to teach the other child that it is okay to have these traits and to be absolutely proud of them. This is something I want really for you listeners to take home. We go to a commercial break and we'll be right back. Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things, and together you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite twice every week, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Live up to your full potential. You've heard that for years, but now there's a channel to help you get there. Introducing the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Get motivated, hear about success stories, and positive encouragement. The Voice America Empowerment Channel is the home of the world's top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success experts. Listen to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. Coming soon. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. If you are having difficulty balancing everything in your life, be sure to tune in to Change is Personal with Kim Fuller. Each week, we'll help you do your own self-assessment to handling relationships, family, life challenges, health, and personal goals. Kim and her guests share from experiences and offer advice and resources to keep your life on track. Change is Personal with Kim Fuller can be heard live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen and start having a fuller life. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A-V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now... Back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. Hi, everyone. Welcome back, and thanks for listening. This is the last part of the segment. This Today's show was about racism and discrimination. Lose racial fears, embrace all colors, because diversity is really here to stay. I touched earlier on many little parts of racism and discrimination, but one of the things I touched on, and again, I really want to hit this home in the last segment, is about multiculturalism. We have diversity. It's all around us. We can't get rid of it. It's right here in front of us. But we have to somehow live together. And we have children that come from mixed parentage that are multicultural. They are somewhere between five years old and all the way to 25. I don't want to talk about the little babies yet because hopefully they have not encountered any racism or discrimination or bullying as of yet. 
But when I go to schools, and as you know, I talk everywhere passionately about bullying and the social issues, you need to understand that these children cannot help that they have ethnicity traits. And one of the things that is happening more and more, too, is adoption. Adoption is everywhere. Uh, in North America, we adopt children from all over the world. Think of what you're doing to these children. Think that we have to be nice to them. Because here there is a family that actually wanted them, that wanted to help them, that wants to love them. And then we send them into our schools, and they suddenly learn about racism and that they come from a country that's not good enough, and that's not good. That is not nice at all. And the kids ask me questions about this all the time. Because don't forget, when you're adopted, your new parents become your parents. It doesn't matter if their color is different. It doesn't matter if their accent is totally different than yours. They are your parents. And to tell you the truth, even I, when I go out in the media, journalists ask me, what it was like to grow up to grow up with a Caucasian mother. Um, I know this is radio, and yet you cannot see my face, but my face was absolutely flabbergasted when I heard the question the first time around. It was like, "Wow, what are they talking about?" Caucasian mother. It it never dawned on me that my mother was Caucasian. All she was to me was my mother. She was my caretaker. And she had enough love to help another child from a total different uh, culture and a different environment and brought her, in this case me, into her home. There are many, many celebrities out there today that adopt children. And I hope that when we meet these children, these adopted children, in a classroom setting, that we are kind to them, that we understand that they have lost their own culture and their identity and that they've adopted the new one. And we cannot blame them for anything for the country that they came from. So that's basically where I want to end up, is that you understand that we need to be accepting of these new children. They have to learn that it is okay that they're half Japanese, half American, that they're half Mexican, half American, that they're half Dutch and half Pakistani, that they're from all these different groups and that it's okay and that if someone treats them badly or uses racial slurs on them, they should A, I hopefully hope that they ignore it and B, that they don't believe it and three, that they have enough confidence in themselves to actually explain to the person that's telling them all these things that they come from an incredibly interesting culture and background and that they have a wealth of information to give the other child that is telling them this. Because each and every one of us has a culture and a background to talk about and to tell the next person about that culture. And that's the only way we're going to learn. Lead by example. Be proud of where you come from. Diversity is truly here to stay. And thank you very much for listening to Mind Radio. And next week we will be back on Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Pacific time. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you again for joining us this week. Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray can be heard every Friday at noon Eastern time, 9 Pacific time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week. And until our next show, think of a random act of kindness that you can perform. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world.